This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band is preparing to sneak into Greybridge. Atticus discovered he has to impersonate a noble, Morgan started to teach him how to act fancifully, Valentine struggled to break Eli of his naval precision, and the team made ready to join high society. Will they be able to earn an invitation to the Cloud Palace, or will they meet their doom? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. An Invitation From King Fitzgerald. Friends, subjects, the season has come at last. And this will be one of particular note. As you know, my cousin is quite the eligible bachelor, and happily for all involved, he's open to offers from anyone. So dress your best, bring your best game. After all, some fortunes will rise and others shall fall. I look forward to seeing you soon. Spring comes in a week. So, you are on your way to Greybridge. Uh, You have not received that invitation, but you don't need it because you've got sneaky information. Uh, You are in search of the Eldari fugitive uh, Trinrakai, who, uh, Valentine, you have seen sort of dimly in your visions, uh, as well as, of course, Devram Narl very clearly saw in his. Um, the fugitive is in the court of King Fitzgerald, um, but in order to reach him, you'll first have to win the heart of a duke, as you know you do in 40k, uh, that that <laughs> famous scenario. Um, so Eli's still mad we can't just kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that ain't going away, my friend. I know. In the grim darkness of the future, there is only learning manners. Yeah, he's never going to be comfortable, but... <laughs> Just just for the record. (laughs) Would you say he's never been satisfied? Because that also fits the spoiler vibe. Um, So Valentine's not going to miss his shot. Yeah, there we go. There we go. We got it. We got it. Rent. Um, So going to make the same joke. (laughs) I got you back. Uh, So Morgan, you were working with uh, Atticus online and he he kind of got it. Um, Mm. You got it with the delegation. Um, so we skipped your role, um, and now I would say like we are we're getting close to the plan. As I said, we've had enough time uh, over travel that you could heal all your wounds oh, up. Yay. Super. Yay! Um, the one thing I'll say though, Atticus, for you is having had your your head injured so badly, um, the you're you've been sewn up, um, and and you know the the wounds are beginning to heal. Um, it'll be up to you, and I guess uh, your resident stylist Morgan Rawls. <laughs> Um, whether or not you want to get anything for that when you get planet side. On the one hand, it kind of benefits you because it certainly makes the like long lost nephew thing a bit easier if it's like, you don't look quite like him. And it's like, well, this. <laughs> um, but it may also uh, hinder your your chances of making an impression in society. So leave it up to you. But otherwise, yeah, the bandages have come off and you've got like pretty gnarly, like still very, very raw um, scars. But okay. Your face has been put back together rather well. I mean, Thaddeus Thunderhorn is actually a fucking spectacular doctor. It's just like... I'll never tell him that. No, of course not. No one will. But um, <laughs> it's something for me to know and for him to not find out. Valentine will tell him. That's nice. Valentine believes that everyone should be very psychologically committed to this team. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> he doesn't care. He just knows people are more useful when they feel helpful. Well, you know, but the effect is the same. Caring. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Anyway, um, all that to say that uh, mechanically, yes, your wounds are healed up. Um, I think we can skip the critical trying to like normally your role to recover from a critical injury. Given that yours was being winded, I feel like just having a fucking nap is fine. You will need that strain soon, though, because I also had on the brink. 
Ah, yeah. So that is one we should we should probably give give a rule for to see how far back from the brink you've come. Okay, maybe I should have just kept my mouth shut. Well, maybe. And then YouTube comments could have told me about it. Um, <laughs> honestly, it probably would have been worse because we've been like two arcs from now. I'd be like, oh yeah, you were on the brink. So like, <laughs> as you're trying right. to punch Abaddon, uh, you just fall over and die. <laughs> Um, I mean, based on how a lot of plot armor works, that kind of checks out. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. Just call me Tom Games Workshop. Um, okay, so f- to recover from your critical injury, I'm going to need a resiliency check, please. That happens to be brawn. It does. Lovely. It does. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to need a, a difficulty of three. Okay. Is there any boost added for yep. Thaddeus and uh, the homies? So, yeah, you get a, a, a boost for Thaddeus for sure. Um, I don't think I would give you any setback, honestly. You've got a lot of time to, to rest up. Um, yeah, we're not exactly physically taxing ourselves. No, and there's, yeah, yeah, and like a lot of what you would be, because the other thing is like normally I, I might give it, I might give you setback if Atticus was just doing Atticus stuff where he refuses to rest, but all <laughs> of the training he needs to do could be done while he is resting. So I don't see any reason to give you a setback for that. Okay. Um, and warp travel takes I don't know. Wait, time. how this... much does reading take out of it? <laughs> well, he's got an audio book, oh, right. so less. Yeah. Uh, a lot of bases being covered here. Yeah, yeah. yeah truly. Say also, warp travel takes time. This is not Star Wars yeah. hyperspace where they're yeah. like, and then a day later, it's yeah. like, nope, we're riding a cannonball yeah. through hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Greybridge isn't super, super far away, so it's not like you're, you're at this for months, but yeah, to your point, it's not... It's not like, and now we're here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we had, we had fun space for an hour, and now, now we're here. So, um, yeah, that's all that in mind. Uh, go ahead and roll, unless you have any other arguments you'd like to make. Let me take a quick look at the old character sheet, but I don't think I have anything in terms of recovering from criticals. No. No. <laughs> uh, realistically, also, Tyler, this isn't going to be your only chance to recover from this because you are traveling for a while. This is just the... Right. We shall see. One triumph and three advantages. Oh, man. That seems like a... Ooh. That seems like a healed to me. All right. Um, Off the brink. And honestly, on a triumph, you heal two critical injuries. So that actually covers oh. the other one I was just going to give you for free. So yay, mechanics. <laughs> we did it. Um... Okay. Yep. So feeling feeling fine. Um, again, you're you're uh, a resolute fellow. Um, having some rest time is so new to you that I think you yeah. you recover like extra well faster because it's like, oh, you mean if I'm not also running two miles uh, a day with my power fist arm ready, I can my chest heals faster. Weird. Um, I would be curious though, uh, Tyler. In your mind, um, what are the kind of lasting marks um, that that Atticus carries out of this? Obviously, you got the facial scarring. You're rocking a monocle right now, but in terms of your armor, anything else? Are there any changes um, that, that you you think from your your experience fighting Kanehurst? Uh, his armor would have taken quite a lot of damage, obviously, and that is already customized armor mm-hmm. um, with uh, a depiction of the emperor um, on it. So I think he would take some time to restore that. Okay, that's important to him. Um. Other than that, I think, um, you know, the way like uh, bullet scarring is of like just like these weird little circles sure, yeah, yeah. Of, of just puffy or like or, or darkened kind of skin of the scar material. Mm. I think that's where like different teeth and claws just sunk into the meat of his yep. like chest and arm and things like that. So he's got these little, not little, but but yeah, <laughs> good sized dots on him mm. of, of scarring that way when he was basically in a mouth um, yep. <laughs> uh and uh yeah okay I think, yeah i, I that. think that's a lot of the physical stuff so the armor looks worse but it's uh it's it there's also evidence of it being repaired on an ongoing basis cool which yeah. he won't be wearing as yeah. <laughs> this guy but yeah yeah and i think the benefit you have as well is like having a power fist for a hand if you did need to pop out a dent like you don't need an armor for that. You can just <laughs> yeah lightly press, lightly press. 
uh, give it a gentle caress and shift metal. Um, okay, cool. I like that a lot. Are there any other preparations that you guys would make on your your long journey? Other than, again, keeping in mind that the resting up and healing is like a significant amount of time for everyone, I guess, except for Morgan, who didn't mm-hmm. take any damage. Um, <laughs> That's the sniper. <laughs> And she thinks it's easy. Uh, Valentine <laughs> would be also training Morgan uh, <laughs> in, in combination of dealing with his own injuries to keep his flexibility because Valentine is, again, scholar progenium trained. He's been trained since he was a kid. There's no day where you don't go through, you know, your hour worth of combat training every morning. But mm-hmm. the clear deficiency that Morgan has for close combat would bother Valentine a great deal, especially for an interrogator who's going to get trained up. So I think this is, you know, Two chain swords. He's training her like he learned. You know, mm. when he was six, they gave him a chain sword and sent him into class. So teaching her how to spar and work with a chain sword and stuff like that in the mornings. Uh, and then she's just got a shitload of stuff to read for this general mission. Yep. Yep. Uh, but at some point, he would sit down with Morgan in his office and be like, all right, so there's no official handbook, one might say, for how to train an interrogator. It's a methodology that's chosen by every inquisitor. They choose it when they please. Ah. Uh, what are the questions you have? The questions that I have about what interrogator entails. Yes, and how to become an inquisitor. It's really a transitionary role. It can just take some time. It's about becoming an inquisitor. He wants this for me. Okay, so the level of understanding about what an interrogator is appears to be lacking. So <laughs> let me explain. Well, I know that... Kanehurst has taken ones before, but I've never seen someone actually graduate into being an inquisitor. I figured it was a sentence of death, mostly. I mean, life is a sentence of death in this galaxy, but to be clear, Kanehurst was a heretic who doesn't follow any of the known rules and then turned himself into an alien and killed everyone. So we're not going to follow his example. Traditionally, interrogators are investigators with all of the skill set required to potentially become an Inquisitor. Then they are put into the field on practical duties under the mentorship of an Inquisitor. And at the time that Inquisitor deems acceptable, they fully become a member of the Inquisition. Or, according to you, when you die, which is how you became Inquisitor, yes? I was given a field promotion, so the Inquisitor died and then decided I was prepared. If the Inquisitor had not decided that, I would have remained an interrogator. It would have been a bit messy, I would not have been assigned to a specific Inquisitor, I could have floated around, effectively, in the organisation for quite some time. I see. Inquisitor, you still owe me one question from when you interrogated me, to begin with. I mean, I've offered you any question you want, but sure, go ahead. You were asking me about this job. I wish to ask about you. Yes, go ahead. How, why, when you lost your eyes, did you not just die? Who decided you were worth fixing? Let it be the Skull of Progenium, which ultimately means the Emperor. One loses one's eyes as a punishment for a crime one commits. Then it is replaced because your scores are excellent at the school that you attend. You move forward, become a commissar, eventually trained by the Inquisition. If you committed a crime... Oh, you must be really bummed you wasted that one question up front, must you? (laughs) It's great hearing him say bummed. Hi, friends. It's Ryan here, your resident producer with Dum Dums and Dice. And I also voice characters that you've heard, and I GM season two. And I am here to invite you to help support us producing this show and all of our other shows through our Patreon for Dum Dums and Dice. You can go to patreon.com slash dice and support us today, and it makes a world of difference. Plus, if you join, you get exciting things. We have a fan-exclusive Discord. We do weekly tableside video chats. You get advanced access to episodes and the videos before the rest of the public do. You can submit names for places, people, and things that pop up in the shows. You can create your own NPCs that interact with our parties on an ongoing basis. You can get special thank yous. Heck, if you if you want, we can even do one-shot adventures with you or start up a series with you. Just patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Please support us today. It will save us from a grim, dark future so we can keep making the show for you in a grim, dark future. Before well on this mission, and I'll give you one more personal question that is outside the purview of your training as interrogator. All right. 
I wish you know what the crime was. No, no, no. I said perform well on this mission and then you get that question. You don't give rewards up front. Lesson one of the Inquisition. All right. Carrots later stick immediately. The Inquisition theory. <laughs> Fine. All right. So what is... Aside from becoming an Inquisitor, what is the main goal of being your interrogator personally? It's to become an Inquisitor. That's the goal. You need to absorb any skills that you're currently lacking. I would say close combat is tremendously embarrassing. I believe prioritization of assets you would struggle with. You seem to have a survival instinct that overwhelms your ability to complete the mission, so you'll need to overcome that. And you also need to start focusing on humanity above all else. You have the ability, however, to cut losses almost immediately. You have a certain ruthlessness that I find charming. You're an excellent liar. You're capable of manipulating others. You've just been doing it for the wrong reasons. And you are superbly capable of murder. All of these things are completely required. Your interrogation skills and seem acceptable, and I would say your investigative skills are fine. All right. Thank you for the overview. You're welcome. You seem incredibly angry about becoming an interrogator, a path which I would remind you, you chose. You could have left. I chose to stay. I did not choose to be whatever this is. Would you like to remove yourself from consideration of a future with the Inquisition? <laughs> I, I, know the, I know the expression change you just made. I would just like to know exactly the expression that is being made in the scene for those listening in audio. Know what my face is doing? <laughs> it was just beautiful it, narrowing of the eyes. Yeah, it was like okay. yeah. it was like pleasant and frustrated to like a grumpy downturned <laughs> lip of like motherfucker, don't do this. <laughs> okay, okay. There could have been no change in the scene. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, no, just I don't know. Well then, here is your first lesson. There are certain choices that you must make based on the information you have, if one is to be a successful Inquisitor or survive working with the Inquisition. No one has all the information. You don't. You know what you know. Kanehurst, absolute monster, Inquisitor. Myself, much more effective, protected you in combat at the same time, highly effective at what I do, and a lot of people who work with me die. That's what you know. Yes. So do you want to be an interrogator or not? Fine. <laughs> I hate to be a stickler on technicalities, but I'm not going to accept a fine when you swear an oath to the Inquisition and the Emperor to speak as his voice at some point further down the line. Inquisitor Valentine. Yes. I will swear an oath to you to become an Inquisitor, but not to the Inquisition. Why? Because I... Trust you. But the Inquisition at large, if you've seen, has many holes and many problems and many people who are not doing the right thing. You pose an interesting conundrum for me, which is I believe you have the right amount of paranoia to make an effective Inquisitor. <laughs> but your abject refusal to work within the bounds of the Inquisition means I have to accept an oath to an organization from you that I know is in fact untrue. Can you understand the bind that this puts me in? Because that means the oath is non-functional. Well, the oath is to you. And if this mission goes awry or you are gone, then perhaps I will choose something else. But in, in the meantime, I wish to work for you. I will take this under consideration. Understood. Uh, let's get a... Um, I think a... Leadership check, maybe? <laughs> from or, who? From, <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure out, like... I thought I thought I knew who was being tested in that scene, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it now I don't know, yeah. Um, uh, actually, you know what, uh, Ryan, you've got an Inquisition knowledge skill, right? I think we gave you that. I have forbidden lore, but it's not something he's... I mean, we can do that if you want... Like, what are you? What are you trying to figure out? I'm trying to figure out where to, where well, Tommy at. Like what? What? Yeah, you check. I'm not. I'm not necessarily trying to give you something you're great at here. It's more so like this is an odd situation, <laughs> and I think like you guys have 
have role played it delightfully. However, I want to bring the dice in to make sure that we aren't purely running on our ability to yes and each other. Because I think the complication from all these things is that like the dice can really fuck this up one way or the other. And that's kind of what I want. Because conversationally, I think we reached a really nice point. So what I'm trying to get at is like, well, I guess, yeah, because like I know where we are verbally and I know what Valentine's thinking are two different things but is it the yes and i'm trying to figure out yeah sorry i'm just a little i I'm, that's why i took yeah. my glasses off and ran my hands it's <laughs> <laughs> basically i guess what i'm trying to deal with is like can valentine do we need to roll something to determine if valentine can roll with this for now and or do we need to roll something to see if valentine can actually can deeply convince morgan of this those are the two issues i'm kind of playing with mm, yeah, yeah yeah so if you have something deeper that's going on in valentine's head then that's fine, we might be able to skip this roll. I just want to make sure that we're keeping the element of chance fucking with our ability to improvise. Uh, do you know what? Why don't we roll to see? Because here's the deal. Valentine in head is like, I can't accept this promise. This is a yes. bullshit promise. This is, I'll be an interrogator if you're my boss. Otherwise, I'm not an interrogator. And like, fuck you. That's the most insane statement possibly <laughs> made in the history of the Inquisition. So he could theoretically pretend to accept it and buy time knowing that she needs to make a fucking decision to mm -hmm. do this. Um, or... If he is training an interrogator, which is how he was trying to function in this conversation up till right now, it's I'm not going to lie to this person about any of the ugly truths about the Inquisition. Then he would need to address this right now. Mm. So it's like his instinct of I can play this out and be smarter in the long game and more morally flexible or I need to do a duty to this person immediately. So essentially, can he buy time or not buy time? Does that dialogue make sense? That makes sense. I don't know that I need a role for that necessarily if that's the way you want to play it. I like what is it sounds like conversationally you want to see how it goes in the long run yeah i that would be where my first instinct was but i'm as valentine i can tell you i'm not 100 percent on this strategy what morgan just said is completely fucking insane okay all right but he also yeah, yeah. does not know the history of you can't really fire an interrogator or like demote them like it, it it's a really weird yeah job okay. requirement so <laughs> yeah. why don't we then go with um uh, let's make this more of a, a save type situation where it's like <laughs> a social save. I like that where he's like, save yourself from pulling yeah. the pin out of this fucking grenade. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I think it's, it's either. <sighs> I don't think anyone is negotiation. Yeah. It's, like it's this up to well, this I'm, point. I'm thinking it's like a will, a willpower or a cunning oh, no. situation. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, I've been using willpower special so Morgan far in ability. terms of like, can you hold your tongue? This was the like on our previous social roles when mm -hmm. we were trying to figure out like the training piece. It's yeah. like, do you have the willpower to just like, does Eli have the willpower to shut up and eat shit? Yeah. Um, so here it's almost like your will. Well, okay, Ryan, which of these would he be leaning towards? My, my guess would be streetwise cunning because it's the ability to work around a rule. Okay. To play it smart, maybe. If we're looking at like his ability where he's like, okay, I think she's actually going to come around to this idea yeah. eventually if I give this time. So if I play it smart, it'll be this. But if I if she makes me too fucking angry, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm. All right, I'll take that. So let's say it's streetwise cunning and the difficulty will be your willpower rule. So whatever your willpower. Whatever my willpower is. Oh, I, I love a role versus self. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, this speaks to my brain. Um, <laughs> and... Morgan, oh. how earnest are you being about this? I feel like you're really just kind of trying to give him like the most accurate understanding of what's. Oh, yeah, that's I think she respects him too much to just lie to him and say, OK, I'll yeah. go along with it. She's <laughs> she's really trying to be real about her point of view in this situation. Yeah. OK, so let's add a boost to that role then, Ryan, mm -hmm. because I think. What's interesting about this is you're dealing with someone who is being 100% on the level with you, which gives you the benefit in figuring it out. Like, you you have all, like, all the information is on the table for you that you can get. Yeah. Get and if her. you want more of Morgan's, like, interior point of view, it's like, I discussed this, like, off air that being in the Inquisition for Morgan, even though she's a capable person, Kanehurst didn't let her go anywhere or do anything or go on any missions. So she basically 
got taken out of this rogue trader training to be put into prison, to be like an object that lived on the ship and did nothing. And so Valentine being like, hey, go be a prison warden with me. And she's like, sure, with you. And he's like, no, it, believe in the institution of prison. <laughs> and she's like, how about fuck you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and also like... Yeah, your version of the like your vision of the Inquisition is also drastically, drastically different. And like yep. you knew Kane Hurst was up to no good. Or like it's unlike Eli has come to this point, but I think like for Eli until he realized that Kane Hurst had literally engineered his entire downfall, it was just like, no, this is how the Inquisition works. It's fine. For you, it was like I had a good thing. You took it from me. Yeah. You mm. I'm pretty sure you killed everyone i I care about, and then you put me on a shit. Like Yeah. And on yeah. top of it, she constantly tried to get into his business and figure out what was going on. And she watched everything. So she would have realized Kane Hurst is deleting information and then things that he's sending back to the inquisition have big holes in them yep. and then he goes and hangs out at this base and it acts all nice to everyone when i know he's lying and but i can't say anything because then i will get killed so yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. like are you kidding you really want me to trust all these motherfuckers come on <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah cool all righty and toby pleasantly indifferent yeah yeah <laughs> toby the real emotional rock of this series <laughs> Toby and Atticus <laughs> keeping their shit together. <laughs> Four successes. All right. That's an extreme number of successes. Okay. So, yeah. Um, Valentine, you're able to hold your tongue and uh, play your long game. Um, having had uh, kind of a difficult conversation, is there anything for the, you, you two would want to discuss? Or is that kind of where you would leave it? I mean, Valentine has to pause all forms of education. He can't teach her anything about the ongoing function of the inquisition because she doesn't fucking want to learn any of it so he would let that go and he's done is that all inquisitor yes all right she's leaving wringing her wrists because oh my god chain swords with my my <laughs> precious sniper hands thanks a lot uh and then valentine uh would just make a note in his data slate to record a message explaining to Morgan uh, to be delivered upon his death that he had already submitted reports to the Inquisition Command Center and promoted her to interrogator in formal writing. So in the eyes of the Inquisition, she is now the property of the Inquisition and does not have a choice in this decision. But that will remain in Eugene to be reported only upon his death. Until now, he will allow her the the illusion of freedom to make her own choice. Super. I'm really glad I made you make that roll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be the reveal. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, legit. All right. Uh, cool. Eli, um, is there anything you would have been working on? <laughs> yeah, your classic catchphrase. Um, is there anything, uh, having learned some of the manners and, and uh, the order of things, um, you're obviously looking up like piloting and, and everything else. Is there anything else you'd want to be doing uh, between here and Greybridge? Mm -hmm. Man, Eli's like really pit. Like, mm, this is fucking bullshit. Like, <laughs> I think just um, to, to borrow a phrase from my previous character. Um, I, he, he's like really consumed by the fact that like this one guy who saved him who seemed to save him all those years ago actually in effect orchestrated his downfall so uh and without having drink to turn to because he's really determined to not go back to that because he he wants to be sharp again um, <laughs> <laughs> um he uh He's gonna start journaling. Mm -hmm. So that's that's it. He's just gonna be like, I'm so. F but his journals are gonna be like, you know, the day's date is like so fucking mad, fucking canehurst with his stupid fucking plans and ruining everything. And that's I was curious <laughs> if his tone, like in my head, it was kind of like a dearest journal. It is I, Eli Sharp, and I'm, I'm glad it, he, no, he writes like, the way he thinks and oh, speaks. Oh yeah. yeah, it's like total like chicken scratch, and like as the as the entries go on, it gets like bigger and like messier because he's just so mad. But it's all right. You got pages to spare. He kind of feels better afterwards, though. I mean, journaling will do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Um, and Morgan, was there anything you wanted to do other than having? Massive life-altering uh, training and arguments with uh, the Inquisitor. Yeah, yeah, man. 
it would throw her for such a loop, but she has nothing else. Nothing else except appearing in Eli's room in the middle of the night while he's journaling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry, there's something oh, no! else Valentine would make this interesting, too. <laughs> My apologies. Another conversation. The next day. We'll just, yeah, we'll yeah. just cut oh. it down this journey. Everyone gains one wound oh, back. No. Yeah. <laughs> After the the chain swords for an hour, and he's teaching you like the basics, but also the advanced stuff because they talk about this in chainsword duels, which is really interesting. Is they're terrible dueling weapons, but they are a nightmare to fight somebody else with a chainsword because you can reverse the direction yeah. on the Jesus. teeth to throw the other person's weapon aside and then attack, and you never know. So you're getting to the advanced stuff Oof. now. You're learning how to reverse the chain speed. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of it, he just says, "The other the other morning, I was coming to find you." Uh, and your quarters were empty, and I did not know where you were in the ship. I don't require an answer, but what I do require is that you are available as required. So, I have two options for you. One, you can have a tracker inserted into your body so I know where you are and you can wander the ship at will. Or two, we will set up a cot at the edge of my quarters where you can sleep so that I can keep track of you should there be any need of you that I require. <laughs> I'll take the cot. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, and Valentine's just gone. For him, this is just a totally functional emotional conversation. <laughs> okay, so that updates my conversation with Eli in the middle of the night. <laughs> because prior to leaving said cot in the middle of the... It's in your office? Oh, yeah. She's going to look for the booze in that office. Cool. <laughs> All right. So... What? <laughs> All right. I, I was going to be too dangerous to sneak into his office, but I have access now. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is going on? I mean, this is how Dell ends up with a new character. I think. It <laughs> okay. Um. So let's go with. Um, oh, what? No. <laughs> Why? I guess. I, I'm gonna say skullduggery. I Chaos think. Gremlin. Dell, what are you? Dell, what? <laughs> All right. So skullduggery. Um, what? <laughs> It's uh-huh. fine. Valentine. Uh, my perception? Assuming I'm sleeping in the room while she's sneaking? Well, yeah. Like, would you, would there be instances where she'd be in the room without you? No. And yes. She's there. So I know where she is. So I can literally give orders if I need her to do something because she's important. Yeah. So then, then against perception for sure. Um, so I guess you're cunning. Dope. Or if you want perception, it would be three purple and a red. Okay. So. It, it that um <laughs> given that this is in the room where he is um we might want to shift to stealth instead of skullduggery all right skullduggery yeah, is like sense. if you're tossing the room if he's in the room yeah so you said it was one red three purple yes for you okay and then we're gonna do stealth um and in terms of boost and setback and everything else um Maybe I'm just hyper-caffeinated, but I'm so scared right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's because no one knows what's going to happen. So no, you get, not even Del and I. This is all. You get one, one boost for presumably Toby being in the room. Yep. But also one setback for presumably Eugene being in the room. <laughs> yep. yep, that checks out. So there's that. Um... I think that's... Pr- I mean, I would pitch additional setback because there's no way Valentine has it like on a shelf. Like It's going to be locked in something. Yeah, but I think that's accounted for in the difficulty as well. Which oh, fair is like, Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the Amasek and then the Trank that he took initially? Uh, no, there was multiple because there was one that you had. We yeah. brought on the ship there was, and then uh, it was you, just, they found one on the I think it was just the ship. one bottle that got brought over from yeah. the, the delivery. I don't think he kept anything previous to that. He'd had all alcohol tossed off the ship. Oh, oh right. So it's just the right. one bottle. So it's just the one bottle, from, the the one bottle. Yeah, from, yeah. from from that weird yep. dead captain. Yep, yep. <laughs> I think that's it now in terms of story points. I haven't written a box this time. I'm, I'm fucking free. We have just, two, I'm free. It's two and three. I, I believe. Know, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in the interest of this check, since Dell, you are the one making the check. You have access to the two. I am going to spend one to raise the difficulty by <laughs> one red because I think. Then I'm going to spend one. Narratively, discovery trumps <laughs> non-discovery. Just doing what I want to do right now. <laughs> I get it. I respect it. Inquisition <laughs> be damned. <laughs> All right. I'm going to roll it. I mean, yeah, yep. I can see how the resentment gets ratcheted up. Oh, fuck me. Uh-oh. <laughs> Three failures, but four advantages. <laughs> 
cool. It sounds like your next character is going to get a lot of boost. Uh, failures. Oof. Okay. Oof. So, um, you are are searching. <laughs> Brian, yes, right? I have a pitch. Yeah, I have go, a pitch go for it. For it. Take, take it away. I'm, um, I'm... <laughs> you you find the bottle. Mm-hmm. It's not hidden super brilliantly or anything. It's it's like inside a relatively easily unlocked uh, cabinet, uh, and you go to leave only to discover that the front door is locked and you don't have the passcode to get out. And then the lights click on and Valentine says, what are you doing? <laughs> Morgan, where is he standing? Like where and He's how just, is he standing? I mean, you're going to turn around, you're facing yeah, the door. Yeah, turn around. <laughs> Valentine is just sitting on his bed, arms <laughs> folded, looking at you. I am taking a farewell present to someone. Who are you saying farewell to? Eli. And why are you saying farewell? Because I am going to be stuck sleeping here for the rest of forever, assumedly. Why do you want to destroy someone you care about? (sighs) He wants to destroy himself. I am just helping. That is you destroying him. Right now he doesn't want to destroy himself. He's struggling through recovery from an addiction and doing a great deal of work to stay sober. Morgan is going to... Walk slowly back to the, his desk and put the bottle back down on it and just kind of sidle herself up onto the desk corner and look at him. There have been a lot of very fast changes recently. And for someone who is stuck in a very slow life for many years, you have the tendency to fall back on what works. But fine, Inquisitor. Fine what? I'm not really sure what you're agreeing to. I hadn't said anything yet. Fine, I agree with you. He will live longer if he is not in a drunken stupor, but he is a bitter conversationalist when he's drunk. (laughs) (laughs) I don't agree with... I don't disagree with that. Uh, However, I mean, you have an excellent conversation partner here. What's on your mind? You wish to talk to me, Inquisitor? Yes. I don't want to talk to you <laughs> right now. Oh, well, you know, if you were another Inquisitor, you'd have the right to be able to say that to me. But unfortunately, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> so what's on your mind? So what are the perks of being an actual Inquisitor? Something that you could work towards. I see. I am just thinking about Cora. And? And the Inquisition and how people like me and her are treated like so much disposable garbage. Mm. And I wonder what... It is just funny, the things that he thinks about things, because, you know, you were all raised this way. You were raised in... The Imperium and the military, but the people out there, they don't have the same feelings. They have different fears. Interesting. Uh, And he'll stand up and he'll take the bottle and he'll take out two glasses and pour one for Morgan and pour another for himself and then sit down and sip it and say, I've never entirely understood the feelings of normal people. Please explain. (laughs) I had thought you might not. Well, you grew up in the Scolopridianium, learning so many things about all of the universe and all of these different worlds. I mean, to be clear, no, I learned a great deal about how to use a chainsaw, the Imperial military primer, uh, violence, and command. I learned more about the universe once I was ejected out of that and into the Inquisition. My first years were all combat, violence, following orders, otherwise ruthless corporal punishment. I see... I had, I did not know that. Well, something new, but she's like playing with it. She's not even really drinking this drink. She liked getting Eli drunk. She, <laughs> she's like playing with it and putting her finger around the rim and stuff. But <sighs> people who are not from those worlds, they know only the world that they are from. They think that that is the world, that that is everything, that things make sense. And so 
when other people come from somewhere else and tell them everything they do is wrong and they deserve to die. Normal people don't understand and they don't just bow down. I mean, dare I suggest, it sounds like it may be more particular to you than the average imperial citizen. Maybe. So you don't want to bow down to the Imperium? I do not want my life to be thrown away for no reason at all. And you think that your life will find great meaning outside of the Inquisition? She's going to throw the glass against the wall. I do not know, Inquisitor. That is a problem. Well, it feels like at the core of this is a question that you're just not asking. Which is, what is the value of your life in the Inquisition? And what is the value of your life outside of it? I also don't know that. What was the value of Cora? She was trash hive scum, from what I could ascertain. She was sent here from another Inquisitor. She's this interrogator, an important person about to become an Inquisitor. And we leave her to die. And who cares? Well, we didn't leave her to die. She was lost in combat. Imagine if Cora had not been on that mission. We would have been overrun from behind by Tyranids. You would be dead. Addicts would be dead. I would be dead. This entire ship would have been called in, unstopped. This entire crew would be dead. Kanehurst would be marauding around the galaxy, creating an entire army of Tyranids that, as we saw from the psychic disruption breaking it in that ship, would have immediately converted over to the Tyranids the moment any significant psychic presence was found. Cora stopped that. She wasn't trash who died in a hole. That's just an incredibly cynical way of looking at it. Cora was an interrogator. Cora took oaths that meant things to her. Cora risked her life. Was she a flawed human being? Absolutely. Yes, but even if she did not die there, you wanted me to kill her. Yes. Have you heard of the cabal that we're chasing? She was going to become a part of it. You have to balance the small against the great, the singular against the many. Yes, and how do you know that you are right? How do you know that these visions you are seeing are sent from the Emperor and not the warp? Well, I'm not a psychic, so they're not coming from the warp. And at the same time, I have stopped heretical actions through what I have done. Glasgow Vicodin farming Xenos biology to promote alcohol. Fabius Bile, arch-traitor and renegade of the last 10,000 years. They are who we have stopped chasing these visions. That is a net gain, even if I am wrong. I'm not. But even if I were (laughs) wrong. And at the same time, the question you have to ask yourself is what is the cost to the galaxy of us pursuing killing these heretics versus what is the cost if I am wrong and we do nothing? Each of these individual heretics would still be acting in concert in some terrible way towards a goal that no one else has spotted. So we interfere. I suppose we do. Fine, it makes sense to me. She gets up, she's like, I'm going to sleep, and goes to the (laughs) car. Excellent. Uh, and Valentine will just, like, take the bottle uh, and, and lock it up in, like, a gene lock safe with a thumbprint, <laughs> where he normally keeps it, but he left it out to set a trap. Amazing. You fall asleep knowing that uh, your travels uh, will soon be over. You'll soon arrive at Greybridge. And having prepared yourselves as best you can, you also prepare for the very harsh reality that there's only so much you can do from this ship with such limited information. For Eli... You're about to step both into uh, a world of, of of mental, more mental clarity, but with that comes all of the shit you have not dealt with for years, uh, as well as mental a, clarity, but mental but also mental clarity, clarity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also into a world that you know very little about, a role that you're ill prepared for, uh, but also a very specific task, which is something you haven't had in like a really long time. So there's there's some benefit to that. Yeah. Um, Morgan, you, of course, are struggling with what your life means, both personally, but also to the Inquisition, uh, what it means to have purpose, which is something that you've probably kind of skirted for a while. It's easier when you have someone with destructive purpose to hang around for that. And without that, it is very (laughs) difficult. Um, So kind of wrestling with the the, the larger questions that have been asked there. Um, 
Valentine um, with yet another kind of like loaded gun problem in your retinue, which is not new, but is uh, alarmingly uh, common, as well as the fact that uh, the greatest power you can wield is not available to you on this planet. Um, not that you haven't worked without inquisitorial backing before, uh, but it's just odd to not be able to flash the rosette and get get a response. Um, and Atticus, you're listening to so many audiobooks, just <laughs> you know, learning all sorts of obscure relatives. Um, luckily, the Van Houten family is not particularly impressive, so it's not like you have to learn a tremendous lineage. But I like to imagine what all these other dramas happening, it's just like Atticus in his room being like, right, Van Von Houten the 15th, dead. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a book on tape, yeah. like... Learning your, yeah. your your mantras. Yeah, Tr- Triseus was smart enough to disable the like listening to it at one and a half speed because Atticus <laughs> would have learned all how to pronounce all the names at one and a half speed. <laughs> like you have to lock it in at yeah. normal. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do you think he's doing on that, Tyler? Um, it's not his strong suit, but at the same time, through sheer force of will, <laughs> like you do your job the soldier in the foxhole with you depends on you to know how to do your job. So even if it's like one name, um, like repeated like four times as he's just revert, like rewind, play, rewind, play, rewind, play. He is doing it. It fucking probably sucks for him, but he is doing it. Um, Amazing. So as, as you know, dramatics and questions of loyalty and purpose reign throughout the ship, Atticus you do what you're best at, which is your job, hmm. as the ship emerges from the warp and begins its descent into Greybridge. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Long after the Marnie's song has departed uh, the asteroid field and the mercy for the pure has dissipated into atoms and shreds, a single vessel limps, is perhaps the best term, into the field. Its pilot is very good at piloting, although his brain is not exactly his own. Uh, And the ship, although somewhat jerky and uh, uh, somewhat irregular in its movements, uh, makes its way kind of through the mess. And sure enough, the dim but present uh, life sign on one of the pods yields a delightful result to Octavius Blackhand, who cuts into the pod with one of his many saws, a a broad grin on his face. Um, For after all, following in the wake of Inquisitor Valentine has yielded just the most delightful results. Uh, Being broken out of his stasis, excellent. That was nice. He was working on it, but it's very hard when your brain isn't functional. But uh, the gift of of two such wonderful allies has, has served him, and thus following the Inquisitor wherever he goes is just... Well, it's just the way to do it, you know? And with a a hiss, um, the pod empties out a a starved, half-conscious interrogator at his feet. Uh, And as Cora looks up into the flaming eyes of her brother, the endless scream of her sister, and the grin of a corrupted Adeptus Mechanicus, Black Hand just grins and says, Oh, this retinue just continues to grow and his claws reach out and embrace her. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, D&D and Things, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, Nithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, Dagger Rain, Rob L., Dia De Los Hoodless, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is Yanni, and welcome to season two of Harlem Queen. Thank you for listening. The season picks up with the search for Michelle. You are listening to the Floyd J. Calvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. Those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debutante, lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about Sinclair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. Is he truly a friend or a foe? She's putting herself behind the eight ball. There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. Thank you.